Backwards Life, how are y'all doing? Good morning. I saw David Michael on there, Kathy Whitaker, how are y'all doing? Good morning, Becky Sue from, is it Christina from Texas? Good morning. Good morning, Judy from Sycamore, Ohio. How are y'all doing this morning? It is a great day today. I mean, we've got some green grass growing up here in Kentucky, the bluegrass state. That's where I am living, uh, Central Kentucky. Where y'all from? Let's get a let's get a little uh, roll call. We've also got podcast running uh, here for Backwards Live, so we've got two big things going on. So we'll be recording this. If you don't catch it on Facebook Live, you can actually catch this on our uh, Backwards Live podcast. Um, uh, don't forget to check us out backwardslife.com. All our social media platforms is all Backwards Life. Um, my name is Davy. I do this every single Sunday. Um, I just speak a word of God. Good morning from Georgia. I saw my father-in-law, Ken, on there, my mother-in-law. Good morning. <clears throat> good morning. Michigan, Rendell, how y'all doing? We've got a pretty good... Homosassa, Florida. Morning, Gordon. How are you? Stuck in Oklahoma. <laughs> good morning. GG, Kissimmee, Florida. Pensacola, Florida. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida, so I'm very familiar with that area. Lania living in Wilmore from Branford, Florida. Hey, I live in Wilmore, Kentucky as well. So, uh, man, what a small world. Good morning, Danny. Good morning, Jack. How are y'all doing? <clears throat> Good morning. I have got an awesome mes- message for you guys today. And I know y'all saw the title on there. It says, uh, God said, let there be light. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. This is something I feel that God has put on my heart to not only speak to his people, but to his his church and for everybody to hear this message. Um, this is something that I struggled with for so long in my walk with Christ, something I, I didn't quite understand. Um, so I'll let some people log on. See Harrisburg, Kentucky, not too far, right around the corner from where I live. Good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good morning from beautiful Kentucky. That's awesome. East Tennessee. There we go. Uh, Lake Panasofsky, Oklahoma, Kenyon. My mom, Judy, she's from Wikiwachi. Well, that's where she's that's where she is right now. North Dakota. Man, the Dakotas. Some pretty country out there. Oklahoma, Tim, Fort Myers. Man, you got people from everywhere. It's it, it amazes me how uh, many people log in from everywhere. We've had people from Africa on here, Australia, really all over the world. That's really cool. <clears throat> so, hey, I want to open us up with a word of prayer. We're going to jump into God's word. We're going to spend a lot of time in uh, Luke 11. We're also going to spend some time in 1 Corinthians. We're going to talk about light. We're going to talk about darkness, what God says to be about, what God says about light and darkness. 
Um, and I think it's something that would be pretty profound uh, in us as we hear this message. So um, I want to go ahead and open us up in the word of prayer, invite the Holy Spirit to come uh, over me, that my words be his words. So um, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just we thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for everybody that's tuning into this, that uh, Father, that you would open our ears, Lord, that you would open our eyes, and more importantly, you would open our hearts, Lord that you would cultivate our hearts, that our hearts will be fertile ground, that the words that I speak be your words, Father, and that seeds get planted, Lord, and we come and we draw near to you. And it, your word says that as we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would draw near to our hearts, Lord, that you would comfort us, that uh, we would be challenged from today's word, um, that we would uh, just allow these words to work in us and through us, Lord, that we become more like your son, Jesus, who was perfect in every single way where there was no sin in his life or in his mind. Uh, so, Father, um, just search our hearts right now. Um, search the inner depths of our hearts, and you're the only one who knows our hearts, Lord. You know everything. You are not omniscient with everything, and uh, you know our thoughts before we speak them. Um, you know every action that we have done or every word that we have said, Lord. Father, would you search our hearts? Um, would you make us more like you? Uh, and we give you access to that to our hearts right now. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So, good morning. I'm so glad to be with you guys this morning uh, here in my office in Central uh, Kentucky, Wilmore, Kentucky, just outside of Lexington, um, where I am in school pursuing uh, my master's in divinity uh, from Asbury Seminary. And um, it's been an experience. I've learned a lot. I'm going into my third semester. And uh, what I want to talk to you more about anything is just kind of what I've learned walking with God and a challenge that it's a process walking with God. I'm never going to become uh, perfect in any way, shape, or form, nor do I think that I am perfect in any way, shape, or form. I am extremely uh, pulling the covers back on my life. I'm a broken person. God is working with me. Uh, he is molding me. He is making me. And, and the Bible says that we are to be the clay and that he is the potter and just allowing him to work in us and work through us. And, you know, if I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you've been walking with Christ for a hundred years, you know, that God is still working. God is still training you up for something. God is still speaking to you. God is still showing you, uh, his ways. And we got to, we got to remember that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And that we don't think the way God thinks, but also recognizing that God is all knowing that God is, um, he is, he was, for, he's forever present. You know, that was what Jesus, Yeshua and Emmanuel, what Jesus was to be called Jesus, uh, that he is you know, the last thing he said, told the disciples, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He is with us. He is here. And I believe right now he is in, he's in, he is in the room where you are right now, and he is sitting, and he is listening, and he is—he's there to, to comfort you and give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He's here to guide your steps. He is here to be the light into your path, and that's why he gives us his word. You know, Jesus was the word that became flesh, so everything he said and he did was—it was what the word was. And you know, going back to light and darkness, and today in the church, and I think this is a—I guess you would say—a woe or a warning from. Um, from God that, you know, we're to be like Jesus and we shouldn't be mixing light and darkness. And what I mean by that is when we come to Christ, when we come to accept Christ as our, as our Lord and Savior, like that moment right there is we're inviting Jesus into our heart, not just giving him an, a, a compartment in our heart, but giving him everything in, in a, a part of our lives, every aspect of our lives, every thought. Um, and we make every thought, every, every word, everything obedient to what he says. 
And, you know, we just, a lot of times we invite Jesus in and he's just a house guest. No, he needs to be the owner of our hearts. He needs to be the one leading us. And, and, and he's, he is speaking and he is teaching and he is guiding and just allowing him to work through us. And the, big, the best thing that we can do is just surrender and say, Lord, this is my life. It's, it's for you to use. This is my heart. Search me. You're, you are known as the great physician. And it's time for us to do surgery. And a lot of times in, in today's world and even in the church, you know, we like to mix dark and, and lightness. But, you know, the Word of God says there's no gray area. We can't mix light and darkness. Matter of fact, it says to be separate from light and darkness. And uh, I studied this probably about a year and a half ago, and it's just, you know, it doesn't matter how mature you think you are in Christ, that God is still working uh, in you, and God is still working through you, and the, and the Holy Spirit is still searching your heart and brings up things that you've done or things you might have said just yesterday or thought of just today that was was taking you away from God in the path. And we got to recognize that the enemy, there's a there's an enemy that's out there called the prince or the lowercase g, God of this air, uh, that is there to distract us and get us, get us off the course of what Christ has for us. Hold on, there's... And, you know, in, in Genesis 1, and I'm going to start off right here. Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the, the earth was completely dark, and I find this fascinating. It doesn't matter how dark of a life we, we live, or how many times we try to camouflage past sin, we try to camouflage our lives, or hide from the ways of the public of the world. God knows everything. He knows the inner depths of our heart because he was the one who created our heart. And he also says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that our heart is deceitful above all things, that our heart wants to wants to do things, wants to, is sinful, but it's only in Christ and listening to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that leads us down the path of righteousness. And they're, they're opposite. It's like oil and water. They don't mix. So he says this, and God said in verse three, let there be light. And there was light. So God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. So right there in the first, first paragraph of the word of God, God says there's no gray area. There's, they're, they're separate, completely separate. It's light. It's darkness. Dark was here. He saw that light was good. And then we see that in John 1, that Jesus was called, he was the light of the world. And that we're called, because we believe in Christ, we're called to be light of the world. And so we, we're going to fast forward to the Corinthian time when Paul was addressing, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians and 2, 2 Corinthians, he wrote these epistles. And he says this because they're struggling with it. And I believe today in, in, today, uh, in today's day and age that we still as a church, we struggle with this. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, verse 14, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what relationship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Belial is representing Satan. What, there's a difference there. There's, you have Christ, you have the creator of all things, creator of the heavens and the earth, creator of darkness and light is completely separate from evil, separate of the enemy. He says that we're, we're not to be yoked with unbelievers, we're to be yoked with believers. What agreement is there between the temple of God, the living God, for we are temples of the living God. 
And in 6.19, in 1 Corinthians 6.19, it says that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which house the Holy Spirit. And our body is the vessel that carries out God's purposes as we follow the Holy Spirit and we join in with the Father and what he's doing in today's, in today's world. So it says, uh, as God spoke this, back in Leviticus 26.12, that's what he's quoting Paul here. It says, as God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. Meaning every single one of us, we are all called to be sons and daughters. We're all called to walk into this light. And chapter 7, verse 1, it says, Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Out of reverence for God, out of respect for God, out of fear of the Lord. In the, in the book of Proverbs, it says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So it's putting him in, and recognizing that he is in charge of all things. He's in control of your life. He's in control of your current situation that you're in. No matter how dark that area might be, God sees into that. And he wants you to step into the light. He wants you to walk in his ways. And his light is, what, is what's going to guide you down the path that he has for you, for your life. God said in his word that the purpose is when God speaks God does. So when God speaks a promise to us, God's going to fulfill that promise. He is faithful in all things. God is an unchanging God. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He was the same, so the same issues that they, the Corinthian church was having. I believe that, I don't believe, I know that we're having in today's church. I struggled with this for so long. I accepted Christ at the age of 15 years old, but I went back to my, my worldly ways of doing things, which was not walking in the light of Christ. I was in darkness. And what happens in today's day and age is this isaiah was a prophet in the old testament and he spoke this he says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter woe to those who are wiser in their own eyes and clever in their own sight we've got to be careful here you know there, there should be a distinction between who we are before we came to christ and who we are now that we are being transformed into the image of christ there's a difference there's a fine line. There's light and there's darkness. You know, we were praying last week and God just showed me this vision that uh, as we were praying, and, and this is, I mean, this is, this right here would be amazing. And I see it coming. It's coming into fruition because I believe right now God is, he is really moving. He is purifying his church, just like in Corinthians says to purify ourselves. Like we have that right. We have that opportunity. We make that choice whether to choose life or choose death. We have decisions in our life that God puts before us, and he wants us to make a choice. But ultimately, we should choose him, which is righteousness, which is all love, which is all grace, which is all mercy. He is the only way. And it's accepting him and for who he is that the truth will set us free. But as we were praying last week, God showed me this, that there was a pot of water, and this water was starting to boil up. And there was just all the water was starting to boil, and there was water in there, but there was also oil in there. And the oil, as it was heating up, the oil was coming together. And it was coming together and it was becoming one. So the oil was separate from the water. And God was showing me that the, the body of Christ right now, right now, God is refining. He is raising up an army and he's calling us to step up to the plate, 
to get in the game and start being led by the Holy Spirit and allow him to work in us and through us and through unity. You know, in today's day and age, there's so many doctrines within just the church. There's so many different churches and we've, we're separating ourselves. Just like in the hunting industry, I see bow hunters, you know, attacking gun hunters and gun hunters attacking bow hunters. You know, we get, we get into this and we create these, these battles. That's not the battle. No, we, we're together as one. As Christ calls the church, it's one church. It is one Lord. It is one God. It is one Savior. And it's only through Jesus Christ. It's one baptism, one spirit. We are one. The church is one. And we should be separate from the ways of the world. You know, now becoming a Christian or walking in his ways, we've got to change our mindset. It's like, you know, in my line of work before I got into seminary, I was in nutrition, I was in training and working with individuals. And the first thing that we would do is I would I would go through and basically clean house, clean their pantry out, get rid of all the garbage that's in their house, get rid of all the processed foods, the high fructose corn syrup, the genetically modified foods, everything, the GMOs, everything, get rid of it all. And let's go to the grocery store and let's now let's gonna eat from the hand of God. We're gonna allow the food that God creates to heal our bodies, which in turn, allows us to start thinking clearly. And if we're walking in Christ, now we've got this direct line of communication of listening and hearing the Father because we're removing all these distractions that's cluttering our minds. You know, in, in, uh, in Luke 11, you know, Jesus, he goes through these woes. So he's speaking about the Pharisees and he's speaking to the scribes and he's being ridiculed. And it says, he says in there, he does not gather, scatters with me. So if we're not gathering the church, if we're not going out and being the hands of the feet, we're actually scattering and pushing away because we're confusing what the light is and what the darkness is. As we said, God says, let it be separate. He said this. <clears throat> he said, as the crowds increase, no, he says, he says, no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on a nightstand. Sorry, he puts it on a nightstand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are good, your whole body is also good and is full of light. But when they are bad, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light, let no part of it be dark. No part of it be dark. It will be completely lighted as when you light a lamp and it shines on you. You know, God calls us to be the light. And I can tell you, you know, there's things that I've said in the past right now, I'm like, oh, I cringe of that. Just like on, on my website, articles I've written, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I wrote that. Like, that's, that's not who I am now because there was a transformation process because being sanctified or being filled with the Spirit, now I don't think the way I used to think. And, you know, in, in today's day and age, what comes out of the mouth is an overflow from the heart. And this was the issue that the Pharisees, the scribes, this is an issue that I believe that today that we still struggle with. And you can tell when somebody's been transformed by the love of Christ, they've been transformed more into his image, that what, what's in the heart comes at overflowing of the mouth. And see the Pharisees, if you go down to verse 39 in chapter 11 of Luke, it says, Then the Lord said to them, Then you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also, but give what is inside the dish to the poor and everything else will be clean for you. You see, there's, there's this thing that we always do. And really in, in the Western part of, the, of, the, of a 
of the world. You know, we're, we're good at covering up things. We're good at hiding things. We're good at using filters on social media to make ourselves look better or to build ourselves up or to write this resume that really builds up who we are. But it's not truly who we are. And see, what happens is with the Pharisees back in those days, they were more focused on what the outside of the cup looked like before they got in the inside. But I can tell you, listen to me, listen to me. When you accept Christ into your heart, the center, the innermost being of your body, he comes in. Now, this is your temple. Now, he is residing in you. And we welcome into all parts of our, of our life. And all this darkness of our heart, the light slowly starts to come in. And he starts to work on an area very gently and, and allows us to confess sin, to, to come forth and bring this darkness that we've been living in and bring it to light. Allow his light to shine on it so that we become more like him and what he did. And he, this is a gentle process. It's tough. It could be painful. But God's there to mold us and to make us. And there's a separateness between the light and the dark. And, you know, Jesus, when we welcome into our house, which is our body, we've got to give him permission to allow him to work in us. And then from there, it's maintenance. It's constantly reading the word. It's constantly being led by the Holy Spirit. It's constantly allowing him to speak to you through his word. And then it's up to us to be obedient to it and to do what God tells us to do. There's maintenance also involved. It's like, you know, like cleaning the house, you know, for men, you know, if if it's your wife's job of cleaning the house, number one, I, I think you should also be cleaning the house with your wife because two become one. So you're working with each other to keep the house clean. So if I clean this, if I clean my whole entire house, if I spray for bugs, I clean it, I vacuum, I dust, I mop, I do everything. I do all the works. Like that's just the beginning part. Now, two weeks later or a week later, the house is going to be dirty again. You've got to continually keep the house swept clean. Jesus says this as he was casting out a demon and he was being ridiculed for this. It says, when an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than the first. You know, God brought this revelation to me. So I, when I worked with people, getting them in shape, and, or they might have struggled with weight, you know, prior on in their life, and they might have lost weight, lost a bunch of weight. I've heard of people losing 75, 100 pounds, you know, on their own or doing a certain program. And then what would happen is they would slowly not stay on the path that God had or stay on the path of, of eating clean and going to the gym, or they get tired, or they get lazy, or they get distracted, which is exactly what the enemy does, and they get distracted, and they stop at a convenience store, and they have a bag of chips, and they get a Coke, and next thing you know, you know, six months go by, a year goes by, two years go by, and they're actually worse off than what they actually were. No, it takes maintenance, and it takes effort. It takes perseverance to keep seeking and pouring. When we come to know Christ, it says that Christ... Uh, cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. So now we are covered. We are, we are justified by his grace. We've got to remember this, that it's not just, hey, I say this prayer of salvation. Hey, I accept Jesus into my life. Hey, I'm a Christian, but what are you doing now? Like, did you fall back into the ways of the world? Are you still doing the same things that you did before? No, we've got to be separate. We've got to slowly be transitioning and slowly being clean and being washed by his word. 
as Christ tells us that we are, that he, he forgets our, our sin is gone. He remembers them no more. When he looks at us, now he sees Jesus. But it's us up to us to walk into his ways. When I accepted Christ at 15 years old, I went back to the ways of the world. And it took 17 years of him sending people to me and me slowly coming to know him. And then it took me making that, making that surrendering and recognizing that he was in charge and putting him first in all aspects of my life. And that's all Jesus wants to do with us. He wants to be Lord and leader of every area and aspect of our life. To walk into the light and have no darkness. See, and, and there's, we, we should be able to tell the difference between an old self and new self. Paul says that also in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says the, that the old is gone, the new has come. To walk in this newness of life and what that means. And working with people, it's because they would work with people to get, all, to get in better shape. They would slowly give in to temptation. They would slowly give in to sin. And they would actually be worse off than what they were when they first started. And I see that all the time. It takes commitment. It takes going against the grain, which against the grain is walking in the ways of truth. You know, a lot of times in today's day and age and today in the church, you know, what we feel is true is not actually the truth. And our lives should reflect the truth. And the word of God says, which is all truth, that the truth will set us free. Jesus says this. Instead of focusing on a feeling of what we think is true, even though that truth may be false, it's just going to lead us down a road of destruction and being corrupt. No, allow Christ to come into our heart, clean the inside of our cup, inside of our heart, so that what overflows from our mouth becomes clean. So no, we're no longer slandering one another, but we're loving each other. We're building each other up in faith. We're doing exactly what Jesus wanted us to do. It takes time. It is a process. But we have to surrender every single day of our lives and allow Jesus as the great physician to come in and perform heart surgery on us every single day. Allow him to remove the impurities out of our life. We choose. We make choices that are either going to hinder our walk with Christ or they're going to grow us closer to him. It's ultimately our choice. He gives you the opportunity. Just like Paul said, we have to purify ourselves, not allow things into our life that contaminate our body, not allow little windows of opportunity that's going to take us and drift us away from Christ. Just watching a secular movie or watching a movie, you know, it's only a matter of time before something of evil, something of darkness becomes who you are. We see it. You know, and, and today with, with children in school and playing video games and all the violence, you know, that's an opportunity, that's a, a window that gets opened up into the mind so that now, you know, they get extra points for finishing off other victims. So now it becomes who they are and ingrained that now they go out and it becomes their actions. So that seed was planted by allowing that to happen. And now it's overflowing not only in their mouth, but also in their, their ways of the actions. And now you got innocent people's lives being taken. It's because of that window of opportunity. So my question to you is, what opportunity are you allowing darkness to, to come into your life? Or on the other hand, what opportunity or what window are you allowing God to work in you and through you? 
Jesus says to follow me, to love me with all your mind, heart, and soul. All. It doesn't say some. Jesus came serve to serve, not to be served. And he gave us a life as a ransom for all. For every child, male, female, every son, every daughter, every single one of y'all were made in his image. God is giving you an opportunity to choose him, to choose life, to be separate from darkness. We can't allow the, the prince of this world, the God, the lowercase g of this world to distract us, to get us off the course that God has set before us. We've got to allow him to work in us. But it's a choice that we have to make. We can't keep covering things up, covering up sin, covering up things that are not of Christ, trying to hide them that no one will know. The Father knows all things. He is omniscient, meaning he knows everything. He knows the inner depths of our hearts. It doesn't matter how many times you put up camouflage or how many filters you look at, God sees you the way you are. He sees you naked. can't hide from him and he is calling you it's a process it doesn't happen overnight it takes time but it takes commitment and we've got to be extremely deliberate about it and allow him to do what he does best and that's the great to be the great physician to lay on the operating table and allow him to search our hearts and purify us so that we can go out and be the light in darkness. Not joining in with the darkness, but being the light in the darkness and leading other people through his grace, which leads to repentance, which leads to salvation, which leads to discipleship, to walk in his ways. I heard Billy Graham say a quote, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure on these numbers, but that 90% of the confessing Christians out there, only 10% are actually walking in his ways. So just because we say we are a Christian doesn't mean that we're a Christian. Remember that actions speak louder than words. Our actions and the words that we speak will define whether we are a true Christian or not. Jesus put his words into action. Jesus went to the cross for you and me. Every sin that was ever committed, no matter if it was murder, if it was lying, if it was stealing, if it was cheating, he went to the cross for that, for all of our, our iniquities, all of our sins. Why? Because he wanted to have a relationship with you. He went to the cross to die for you. Actions speak louder than words. He was beaten. He was pierced. He received lashes. 
and was hung on a cross for both you and I. To break the bonds of slavery, to give us freedom, to walk in his ways. But it's up to you to choose him. The only way to the Father is through his son, Jesus, accepting him as your Lord and Savior. You can't do this on your own. It takes a work of God. It takes the finished work of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Jesus, the purest, perfect person who ever walked on the face of the earth came here so that he can have a relationship with you. It's up to us to choose him, to allow him and invite him into our heart and allow him to start working and searching the areas, <clears throat> giving him access to every single room in our house, every single room in our heart so that he can work in us and he can work through us. It's your choice. I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. We're in this boat together. So if that's you out there and you're walking in darkness, but you're calling yourself a Christian, give him permission, give him access to any part that he has for you. It's your choice. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for everyone who is listening to this message, Lord. Father, I thank you for the, the, the ears, Lord, and the opportunity, Lord, just to share your word. Father, we invite you in to our hearts. Jesus, take inventory of our life, Lord. Shine your light, the light that separates all darkness in our lives, Lord. Comfort us. Show us where we're not like you, Lord, and work with us. Lead us down the path of righteousness. Father, remove any darkness that is in our hearts and may we walk in the light <clears throat> Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth show us your way may we come to know who we are in your eyes May we be transformed and sanctified and filled with your spirit. We thank you, Father, for being so patient with us. We thank you, Father, for being so faithful. You're knocking on the door of our hearts and you're asking us to open those doors. So Jesus, we welcome you.
work in us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you all for tuning in. I want you just to know this. That he loves you. That he loves you with every fiber of his heart. And he wants you to come to know him. He wants you to do what his son did on this earth. He wants you to lead others to Christ. He wants you to be a sheep, a sheepdog to the true shepherd like we talked about last week. He wants you to walk in the light. And he wants you to be the light. It's either his way or it's our way. And we know where our way goes. His way is the only way. It's a one-way street. We can't live this life and ask God to bless what we want to do. It doesn't work that way. We've got to come to know his heart. And as we come to know his heart, our heart slowly becomes his heart's desires. And then we start receiving blessings. We start to see the way he sees. We start to understand who he is. He's the answer. In all circumstances, in all areas of your life, he's the answer. And he loves you. And that's why he sent his son to die for you. And so that he can have relationship with you. So we're called to be the church. We're called to be separate from darkness and to be the light. And we're called to come together in unity loving one another, building each other up, encouraging one another. How did Jesus do it? He did it through the act of serving. So my prayer is that you outserve everybody that's around you. No matter if they're walking in darkness or walking in the light, you outserve them. Show them the love of Christ. Do what Jesus did. Y'all have a blessed Sunday. We love y'all. God bless.